Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. I am honored to lead us today as we wrap up our Love Your series with today's message titled, Love Your World. When we move it from someone else's to personal, we then feel a part of it. There's an ownership mindset. If someone works for a company and they're given Stock or some type of shared vested interest in the success of the company's future, there is more ownership that's proven. Sometimes when people get a commission, they're more invested than an hourly perspective. That's not to minimize someone who is hourly, but to help understand and help shape, uh, shape and frame today that love your, when I make it personal, mine, the ownership mentality is far greater than somebody who's just a participant or somebody who's just spectating from a distance or worse yet, feeling obligated like, all right, fine, if I have to, if I have to, God. Today, we're invited to see God's perspective that he created the world and there's more people that are outside of our own little world in our sphere we believe at City Life that local is global. It is the greatest impact we can make is in our homes, in our neighborhood, in our city, in our counties, our state, nation. But we're also connected to the global story of God. The highest return on investment we can ever make is to make disciples. As disciples see more of Jesus they're going to care about his heartbeat locally and globally. They're going to hate injustice. They're going to want to stick up for someone who doesn't have a voice. They're going to want to bring resources where others don't have resources. And it's not going to just be a handout or some type of uh, pity play, but it's going to be a perspective that you're God's, I'm God's, this is God's, and we're in this together. So that has to now get past the way we even see it nationally. And we're going to have a lot of national attention the next couple months. We have an election, if anybody knew. If you got online at all, it's, it's right around. The, there's going to be a lot of national emphasis. Today's message, though, is global emphasis. Global emphasis in a way that we are all on this same planet together. And the more we can zoom out, switch on another news station, get into different types of catalogs of material and literature, we're going to get perspective that is so beautiful. And we're going to see that we're all connected, connected. Well, how in the world? Because God made this place and he gave me and you all the same mandate to go rule and create and be like him. So let's go to Genesis 1, 26 and 28. We've 
referenced this a few times in the last couple months, and we've heard it, but in the spirit of coach me like a rookie again, we we want more of it, man. Don't stop preaching to the choir. We love it. Keep giving it to us, Jesus. Let us not miss it. We need that daily bread. We need that weekly touch point. We need these things. We need community. And God says in verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth and the creatures that crawl on the earth. Wow. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. He blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. You imagine this moment here. It's supposed to captivate our attention. It's written in a narrative perspective. The, the type of writing narrative that there, there's a movie tone. It's to captivate and draw us into the story of creation. And then the job description of what God created, his prized possession, was not even the place, but the person, the people. And he tells us on this place, be fruitful, multiply, Fill the earth and subdue it. Subdue, work, hand, rough, new. Get into the trenches. Have fun. See this whole place as your playground. But then what happened is the fall, we disobeyed God. And work no longer became this beautiful experience, but it became toil. It became tough. It became difficult. This is where we find ourselves uh, complaining on the drive home. Wondering why we have to do this monotonous job. What happens in Jesus, though, we get a restored perspective. Even while work can be toil, it can be delight, because that was the reason it was created, was a form of how we would flow, how we would operate in the, as God-like creatures made in the image of God to be like God, that he tells us, be fruitful. Man, go have some kids. Be in community, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that crawls on the earth. We get this distorted. Sometimes we think rule means to rule without checks and balances. Okay, I'm over the earth, so I'm going to dominate the earth as if somewhere along the way, this world, we don't have somebody to answer to. We got to answer to God. It's his world. But yet he gave us the beautiful privilege to go out there and have all of the access to be like him. And when we're like him, it pleases him. When we're taking care of it in a way that reflects how he would flow and how he would move. Yeah, come on. So how does he flow and how does he move? Well, before we even think about that for a moment, I want us to first today established to love our world we have to remember god in the beginning he created the world but he created us to rule over the world so the world was created by god for us to be like god wow you imagine for a moment if you're going to get your kid a gift it's their birthday it's christmas what are you going to get them Okay, their favorite stuff they've been asking for. 
one thing I love about the gentleness of our children is there's this beautiful kind of fragrance through the home where their request of a gift or whatever will come with this, for my birthday. Well, for my birthday, will you get me? Well, the birthday could be 11 months away. So sometimes, just continue the conversation. Be like, yeah, of course, we'll get that. And they change their mind, and we try to kind of cast the vision. You get one thing for your birthday, and they just keep adding in the queue. And their affections change over time. And will you get this for my birthday? You imagine God for our birthday. What, wait, God, what'd you get? What'd you get us? I got you a planet. <laughs> what? Yeah, a planet. You can go do anything you want on it. Really? Thank you, God. Think about the gifts we get that we really value. We take care of them, don't we? We hang up our shirts, shoe heads. We take care of our shoes. This planet, to love our world, we got to care about it all. You know what the enemy does a good job of doing? Is hiding how some of the world lives or the decisions you and I make as Americans, how it impacts the world. Where does our trash go? John Mark Comer in a book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, says, if the rest of the world lived like Americans, that we would need five planets. I can't remember in how many X years, but eventually we would need five planets. That the footprint we make is, is just, it's just too big. Because we're taught more all the time. We're not taught simple, slow, marvel, gaze, stop. We don't need more. God already gave us all of this. One of the books I want to highlight here is by the same author I just referenced, John Mark Comer. He, this at City Life, this is just kind of, you got the Bible. I mean, this is just up there. So Bible and you got to read this. Garden City, Work, Rest, The Art of Being Human. That all the way back in the garden, the delightful mission was then going to be connected in the future development that we would be developers like God. But something happened along the way, didn't it? We started developing at a rate that we can't control. We started getting God-like power. We unlocked fusion energy being used to have nuclear power, nuclear bombs. We have technology now that has increased at a rate of, 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 of incremental advancement to the point to where Atari 2600 is now, you can have 3D virtual reality in a second. We can, we can text somebody all across the world. We have satellites in space that pretty soon will give us access to the whole world being on the internet and having access to the cloud and all of that is going so fast. Does this go in a landfill? Does it not? And, and, I, and I'll just make a confession real quick. I have never cared about the impact I was making on earth until I've gazed at God. I wasn't, who cared? Because that's why, because we, we, we it's just, it was my life, how it's impacting me, if it, imp like, I, I was just living without a checks and balance, and I forgot, I didn't even know my job description. I didn't even know who I answered to. I didn't know where I got it from. I just know I was here, and I did a lot of complaining, as if I'm this spoiled brat that got a gift that I didn't understand how I got this gift. Like, okay, well, I don't know. 
just marvel at the idea that there's things we throw into the ground that grow that we eat. What? We throw something in the ground, a seed, and then we take care of it, and then it grows. Like, how does that happen? Now, what happens is we get a, we get a fairly a little arrogant, and, and go with me for a minute. We get arrogant in the way that what we've bought, our property, or even our land on this world is ours as if we didn't get it from someone or somewhere. We didn't get it from the bank. Just because we have the deed doesn't mean it's ours. Because we didn't create it. Like the, Think of the, the, the arrogance to say, how did we even get here? I don't know, but I, I look and I pause and I say, I need to have a reverence in, in, in Jesus. We then start to get, we know why and we know how and we see the author, author and we see the design of the maker everywhere. It is beautiful. God created it and he gave us the job description. Take care of this place like I would. Do it. Yeah, you might own uh, more property than somebody else. That just means you have more responsibility to do it in a way that reflects me. Not belligerent. Now, if you're hearing this and you say, oh, I'm kind of guilty too, Jerome. I felt, I, I don't think I'm living too aware. And newsflash, if we're recycling our pop cans, that's a good step. I've been there but we're still not feeling the gravity and the reality of the carbon footprint our vehicles make or the way our trash lasts in a landfill for X amount of time. And there's two reasons we would care. One, it shows how much we believe in God, that it's his. And two, who are we leaving or what are we leaving behind for the people we care about? It's gotten so to the point to where now scientists, they look at this planet and they see our trajectory, that they're doing everything possible to get to Mars, to inhabit Mars. Think of how crazy that is. We have this beautiful planet. Beautiful. But we're going so fast that we feel we're in a collision course with extinction. That people are trying to now exit and change and look for, can I make a planet habitable? <sighs> wow. I think there's something beautiful when we marvel and we take care of what we already have. And we invite God's perspective in that God, you are amazing. And part of that to remember as we look at what he's already created, Genesis 2, 9, the Lord God caused to grow out of the ground every tree pleasing in appearance and good for food. The more I check off the grid, the more I check off video games and TV, and I, look, I am not a hater to that. I love that stuff. I just think it's the fast pace. I think it's the fast. I think it's the, 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 the bunny. It's the hare. It's not the tortoise. I think it's the, the, just the rush. When I stop and I pause, I get a calibration. When I just look at a tree, wow. I'm in awe. I'm in awe. I was in Colorado and I looked up at the skies. The sky, there was no light pollution. Who even knew these terms? 
If you're watching this and you're a young kid, you're like, I don't know about half this stuff. I didn't know about any of it either until I started getting a little bit more conscious and more woke in many areas. I know we define woke as X amount of areas. Woke should be woke in everything because God is woke over everything. He is master and Lord over everything and there's two Ps he cares about the most and he cares about people and he cares about place. Like he cares about people and he cares about place. They're connected. They're not separate. We can't minimize people to a project or some type of spiritual checklist. Are you in or are you out? Is it Jesus? Is it yes or is it no? We're connected. We're on this thing together. We got neighbors even though we've never seen them. There's eight billion of us living on this speck of dust in the universe. It makes no sense, but yet it makes complete sense that God would be mindful of me. And being in Colorado, I looked up where there was no light pollution. And I saw the skies and I'm like, whoa. I mean, I there was something. I just went like this. Whoa. Jerome, you aren't so big anymore. You're not in control. Whoa. You didn't create this. Whoa. You might take care of your yard and make sure it looks a little greener than the neighbors because one time they called you out and now it's kind of, you know, my new NBA championship. It's like my yard's got to be better than yours. I mean, you none of that. Whoa. It's awesome. Because you start to look at the appearance and you say, oh, my goodness. Who made this? God. And that seems to be the question. We shouldn't be scared of science. Science keeps proving the order and pointing to a creator all the time. So we invite science in. Like, come on. People think, oh, yeah, you're a Jesus follower. I know that means a swear word for most of the people. I went to a health spa the other day and uh, was getting a little stress reliever. Uh, Look, I'm fine. It's all good right now. I mean, I had the means to, so I figured that's a little proactive instead of reactive. Reactive looks more like I'm... uh, in the hospital. Proactive looks like the spa. So I was at the spa and the person asks me the legendary question. What do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a pastor. Oh, 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 you know, you can start to feel it's like swallowing, you know, some type of food you don't like. And I said, I know that's like a swear word to some people. I don't know what you mean about church. And I just started, you know, recalibrating, reshaping. And I, I said, I, and I'm not hating another church. I don't, I don't, but I just don't know what that means to you. But Jesus means so much more. He's so connected, nothing's separate. And just hoping to, to, to show as Jesus followers, we should care about all causes, everything. And then the question comes down to, here's where it gets really hard. The more you see in the world, you feel like I can't even make a difference in it. There's people struggling all over the place. What do I even do, God? We'll pause. We'll go to that in a minute. But back to Colorado. Awe. Appearance. It's good. God did that. And all the way back in the garden, there was delight. Work was not supposed to be bad. Earth was not supposed to hurt. There wasn't supposed to be tremors and earthquakes and hurricanes that God created this place and it would be a place that he would dwell with us. He would make home. And through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, he dwells in us. But we still care about this place until he returns to make it new. But that is not an excuse for us to 
pollute and forget about or not course correct as the more we learn along the way so that we can reflect the glory of God in the simple and in the small. Do we think our works will save us? Absolutely not. But the more we let God work us over, the more we see that our work is tied to everything. The first person made, Adam, Adam, from the earth, from the dust, that God created us in his image, man, woman, in his image, that from the dust to work with the earth, to be a gardener, the first profession, a gardener, but then would lead to a future city and cities to come, that they would all be one, this garden city. It is not separate, but it is connected. So we think and we marvel all the time, first, who God is, and then secondly, we say, okay, God, you're amazing. How does this impact the people in place here? Well, there's no place God doesn't love, and there's no person God doesn't love. So as Jesus followers, we take that same heart. We can't just see one angle of a person or one angle of a continent or a people group. And we care about our brothers and sisters that are struggling everywhere. So what does action look like? Well, for sure, we know it's to pray. Yeah, yeah, pray. But it's also practical. What can we do? But if doing does not have the seed of love and it does not have care, it is destructive. And oftentimes we see this world and we look at it and so dangerous. I'm afraid. In Christ, he restores that it's delightful to still make it new to go back to our original job description, to be fruitful, to multiply, to subdue the earth, to rule over in a way that reflects the one who rules over us. Aren't we grateful that God doesn't rule over us in a way that he's like, I don't know, I'll just bury you every once in a while. I don't know, I'll just do this. I don't care for an oil tanker. I don't care in your life. I'll just, you kind of do what I said. God is so gentle and he so cares and he doesn't put our mistakes in front of us. He, he, he invites us in and he's so patient, he's so gentle and he's so correcting, but he also is correcting to a new right way of living. Because he knows. The manufacturer who made the product knows best. Knows best. People do not care how much we know or how much we do until they know how much we care. People, place, do we care? Right now, uh, just to highlight one story that's going on in the world, um, in East Africa, there's roughly 20 million people that is predicted to be affected by uh, locust infestation, to quote the article, of biblical proportion. That the locusts are swarming in into regions, destroying crops, creating a food insecurity and scarcity for humans unrivaled in the last 100 years. Just by knowing that, it started to change the way I pray. I'm not sure practically what to do, but I know that I'm better for knowing. Will you be invited 
into knowing more of how God sees the world, not just our world, but the world. How do we view Asia, Middle East, Russia, Africa? You know, we have stereotypes. One is which that is uh, development is, is, means that we're delighting more. If you have more things or amenities that we have more. Well, I was watching a tribe of people, uh, little, some videos of a Tanzanian tribe that their food sources have gotten so low that they only, they, now they've had to learn how to hunt baboons because uh, most of the creatures are gone. And you could look at them, you'd be like, dang, I got, I mean, we got access, we got running water, we're even, even poor people here can, you know, they can use a porta potty if they needed to, or, I mean, we got, we got all kinds of stuff. We got roads and uh, they're just living in the jungle. And when they asked the, 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 the tribe, some of the kids, what they thought about what they heard about America, they started laughing. They're like, America? I heard they, you know, go to the bathroom in a toilet. America? I heard they have a big place that, you know, they have houses where they don't even interact with people. They, they had pity on Americans. I thought that was so cool. They, and the person that was with that tribe, they, they said they were overwhelmed by the joy and the jokes throughout the day. I thought that is so beautiful. Just hearing that perspective helps me understand the way they're subduing and ruling the world in, 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 in a different way. And it started to just shape and mold me. I think we make the mistake as of I need to know the exact game plan all the time when some of the game plan is just the nuances of life flowing through us, the, the, the heaven flowing through us that doesn't solve everything in an instant. But, but to love our world means we have to genuinely love our world. Like we have to love the place of the world and we have to love the people of the world. Not just my world, but God's world. That, cha- that, fun- that fundamentally will transform every single thing we do. We'll think if, if I'm gonna buy products that put more people in sweatshop, I can't instantly say, well, you know, they, they agreed to do the work. That's the product of bad government or, and, and, okay, fine. There's a topic for that, maybe. And, you know, someone has to struggle. I mean, that's just, it's part of life. One's on the come up. One's just, uh, you know, just suffering. It's just, you know, it's kind of part of it. But as, as Jesus followers, we grieve, we lament, we care. That's why we're a part of the greatest movement this world's ever seen. Because in our movement, is family all across the world in the name of Jesus, doctors, musicians, artists, scientists that have, I believe, the greatest accountability source that's ever taken place. We don't just create and in, in rule as people in charge, but people who will give an account. Hey, God, it's yours. I'm accountable. I'm connected to this. And I also thank you for this gift that you've allowed me <laughs> to, uh, to somehow be a part of your space. Psalm 8, 3 through 9. We're going to worship and close here in just a few moments. When I observe your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you set in place, what is human being that you remember him, a son of man that you look after him? You made him a little less than God and crowned him with the 
glory, with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all the sheep and oxen, as well as the animals in the wild and the birds of the sea and the fish of the sea that pass through the currents of the sea. Lord, oh, our Lord, how magnificent is your name throughout the earth. What is taking place there is, God, you are so big. You are so amazing. You are awesome. You're incredible. And you care about me? We think, well, how, if I'm so small and space is so big, why? Where is God? Space being so big declares the glory of God. Us being so small shows the, the, the passion, the intimacy, the creativity, and the connection that God wants to dwell with his people. City life, look. We have said here, we're going to seek the welfare. We're going to love this city. That's out of Jeremiah 29. And that means being taken into exile in a place that we didn't necessarily understand. We're, we're frustrated. We're, we're, we're being ruled in a, in a tough way. And God says, hey, I want you to be fruitful there. Multiply, plant gardens, love people, seek the benefit of the city, seek the benefit of the world. Holistically, shalom. And then your welfare will be tied to the city's welfare. There's no place or person that you and me aren't connected to. So to love our world means we love the people all over the world. And we love the place that they all live in. And we're going to do everything possible to let that reflect the glory of heaven. And sometimes we get it off. We get it twisted. We minimize people to a case study or one glimpse into the video we saw or some documentary we watched and now we're experts. But humility, and here's the point, we look at people with a magnifying lens, but I think God wants us to be more like a mirror. How am I taking care of this world? How am I taking care of people? And at the forefront for sure is spiritual awakening, revival to see Jesus Christ. But what if revival looked more like hidden, small, gazing, marveling at his finished work already and the work that we get to be a part of on this earth? To love your world is to love your God. That is powerful. It's all connected. It's all sacred. It's holy ground everywhere we go because we know who it belongs to. And the more we discover, the more we see God in the small. We make it about so much more. And I want to worship. We're going to sing just, there's nothing else but you, God. We were at the zoo the other day. We were really close to a turtle. And I was like, this turtle's crazy, cool. My son is a zoologist, I discovered. He said, Dad, it's not a turtle, it's a tortoise. I thought they were the same thing. So a tortoise is different. And it looked, I mean, it was like a dinosaur. We were this close. And it was moving so uncomfortable. It, looked, it was like, okay, that was like one. And I, I think I'm going fast. I mean, it was like, okay. And it, was, it wasn't like the most attractive thing in the world. But there was something like profound as I stared. I was like, this creature, this is powerful. But yet my son's like, yeah, it lives 100 years. Wow. 
it sees perspectives that no one else will by going slow. You've heard the, the story, you know, who wins the race? Is it the, the bunny, the hare, or is it the tortoise, the turtle? The tortoise wins the race. And I think in God, when we love our world, we just look more at the world, the appearance of it, and we say, God, we want nothing else but you. Nothing else but you. We want to be close. We want to be like the tortoise. And we want to look around and we thank you. Let's sing together. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.